Anyone's Game podcast. Following women's football. Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of the Anyone's Game Scotland podcast. I'm Robbie Hunrathy and today I'm delighted to be joined by Kenny Bogue and Jack Gillis. How are you doing lads? Hi, wonderful Robbie, how are you? Yeah, very well. Just about got over the uh, weekend's football and ready for the international break for the Scotland women's national team. I'm, I'm the same as you Robbie, I'm, well, I'm, oh, in one respect I'm over it but uh, Hibs women did the business. Um, on Sunday against Aberdeen, so I am happy with that. But I'm ready for the Scotland game, and I'm absolutely buzzing to get along to Hamden for that. Doesn't feel that long since the last Scotland's women's national team international break, and here we are back again, trip to Hamden. Before we delve into the next two games, which are both in Scotland, both home games coming up in the next week, we're going to have a wee look back at the campaign so far under our new boss Pedro Martinez Loza. So he's enjoyed the perfect start to his time as Scotland manager with a 2-0 win in Hungary, followed up by a 7-1 defeat of the Faroe Islands at the National Stadium. Reflecting back on those two games, what particularly impressed you, Kenny, under Martinez Loza? Well, I think even in the Hungary game, the, the attacking football they were playing in the second half, because, uh, I mean, we 70% possession. We should have scored a lot more goals against Hungary, let's be honest. But I just think this had a different style of football. I mean, if you go back to beforehand, where, what do we score? Like a goal a game if we were lucky. Um, so to just be, you know, on the front foot and going at teams, I think it's, it's been really impressive and it's been a, a great start. Yeah, what was your early impressions, Jack, from that two games? Do you see that bit more attacking intent under Martinez Loza? Yeah, definitely. I agree with everything that Kenny said there. You know, I think I was that's the thing that impressed me the most. Your the attacking intent We've worked so impressive under Martinez Losa in terms of attacking football. And I think that's what he wanted to bring in. He wanted to bring in that sort of mentality about the team. And he's been successful. I've been really enjoying watching us so far under Martinez Losa. And I'm looking forward to, um, to seeing what's to come. Yeah, I would have to echo what both of you saying. No disrespect to the previous manager, Shelley Kirk, is. We're ecstatic that we got to two major tournaments in the Euros and the World Cup. But just having that fresh pair of eyes and coached Arsenal, coached in Spain, I think it's only got to be a bright, positive start. And starting with two victories, here's hoping he follows that with third on Friday night. Definitely. I think it's just a different mentality that he brings, doesn't he? You know, maybe it's the Spanish flair. I don't know. But, you know, it just, it just seems a different mentality. And it's just, it's quite an exciting time for, for Scotland fans. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Just, I think it's an exciting time. As us at Anyone's Game, we're here to promote women's football. We do international like podcasts like this, and we'll do the club football. And you can just sense that wave of excitement around the women's game in Scotland. So as Matias Lozer says, he wants a team that the fans can fall in love with and engage with, like the fans, of course, have done with the men's team in the recent game at Hamden. We sold out for the Israel game. So want to see more of that, do we? Yeah, definitely. I think in terms of the Hungary game, you know, Hungary are a decent side. And I think, you know, they're a country with a big football in history, both in men's and women's football. So I think it should attract the crowds. And I'm, I'm saying to anybody now that's listening that hasn't got their ticket yet, it's only 10 quid. It's only 10 quid. You come along to see a very, very good team, a very, very talented team that are well on their way to qualifying for the World Cup. If we can keep this up, you know, we're well on our way to qualifying for the World Cup. So come along and watch it and bring your family along as well because it's a great atmosphere. It's a great family atmosphere and you'll inspire the next generation. I talked about it before when we talked about the Derby at Easter Road, um, the Women's Derby at Easter Road. You need to inspire the next generation. So if you've got a um, young daughter 
bring her along and you'll see a great group of girls and hopefully that inspires the next generation of football because that's what we need. That's the future of Scotland. I've got to echo 100% what Jack says there as well. And like he says, it's a tenner for adults, a fiver for a kid. So bring them along. And if you don't want to bring the kids, go to the pub then go to the footwear. It'll be brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Jack, me and you were at the previous game for the Faroe Islands in that 7-1 victory. And even just hearing the fans singing players' names, getting like the, the giveaway clappers and tutors, and it was just that sense of excitement. And even from my perspective, I was at the top of the table estimate one clash on Sunday between Glasgow City and Rangers. And the first time I'd seen a packed stand with so many young girls with like tops with like Claire Shine, Philatudulu, Shinchia all on the back. And just you realize how much young girls are buying into this. So hopefully we can see that exact same at Hamden. And if you get a victory and play well, these families and young kids will hopefully want to come back as well. Definitely. What was it at the last game? Four and a half thousand? So fingers crossed we can get a wee, a wee bit more than that. Yeah, and that was, what was that, Tuesday night, that game. So this time, a Friday night, no having to put their kids to bed early for a school night. Hopefully that might add a couple of thousand onto the crowd. And the more media coverage and podcasts like this that we do, hopefully people listen in and think, yeah, why not? I'll start my Friday night in Glasgow with the football, see Scotland, and then maybe go up. Because as Martinez Lozer said in his press conference, also this midweek, he mentioned that they can use the Hamden energy to create something special. And Hamden can have its flaws. And we spoke in previous podcasts with the women's side, would we rather the games got took around the country because it gives a chance for different demographic people to see it. But then again, Kenny, we haven't discussed this with you before. Do you think it's a perfect occasion for these players to get that experience of playing at the national stadium? Oh, 100%. Yeah, of course. I mean, why not? It's a Scotland national team. <laughs> they should be playing at the national stadium, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? And like, like you say, uh, go round about, let, you know, let fans see. The fans can come to Glasgow. They come to Glasgow for the men's games. They come in their droves. Do you know what I mean? So so why not? And if you're in Ayr or Ayrshire, it's like, I don't know, half an hour, 40 minutes in a train. Jump in the train, do it in Glasgow, take the kids, take the family, and just try and, like you see you guys saying, try and inspire the next generation. Yeah, 100%. And Jack, I know you are probably a bit, know a bit more about the European sides and players more than us. Who should Scotland be worried about the most from this hungry side? Uh, it's difficult. I've talked about it before. Like, I think in the last podcast, I talked about, um, you know, obviously, they're missing Janet Yacavvi. And I don't really know that like, Hungary have they've missed a little bit of a threat in that team. You know, there's a few players, but they've not got that top level of talent they used to have. So you used to have, for example, like I said, I'm using Yacavvi as an example. She played for Wolfsburg. And Wolfsburg, obviously, record German champions. They don't have that level of player anymore. Most of their players either play in Hungary or they play in... Um, Russia and I think there is a few players to look out for but on the whole I just think we should ju- not really be like, obviously give them respect we should as opposition but on the whole just like play like we did against the Faroe Lions because let's be honest we wouldn't have known any of their players I, I mean like I said Janty Akabfi is such a big miss in that Hungary team and you can tell they're still looking for her replacement even like a year on from after she retired from European football and, and no, I think I discussed it so many times. I'm repeating myself, maybe from the last podcast. But you know, 31, that's her young age to be retiring at, and she'll have her reasons. A bit like Kim Little, but she'll have her reasons, and that's just such a big mission, hungry. But I don't don't underestimate them for a second because they're still an impressive side. Like I said, 
They're a country with a proud football and tradition at all levels of the game, so they're not to be underestimated. Yeah, I think that's like anything in football. You can't underestimate any team because you've seen, even with the men's team, how close we went to join with the Pharaohs and with Moldova and the likes when it's games you expected to be winning. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. But Kenny, do you think Hungary will be out for revenge and maybe approach the game a little bit differently since they've lost the opening two fixtures? It's a must win for them, really. Well, it's definitely a must win. But I think, I mean, this, the Spanish took seven off them in the last match. It was seven nothing. And even when we played them over there in Budapest, they did play quite defensively. You know, they played like a 4 4 2. But I mean, like I say, we had 70% of the ball. So I think it's a big ask for Hungary tomorrow night. I hope I'm not wrong, fingers crossed. Not, and it's, no, it's not tomorrow night, I'm lying, Friday night. <laughs> but they will be. But I mean, like you say, they have lost their first two games. So they, they would need to come out and have a go. But I think there's, there's no worries for Scotland with the quality we've got in our squad and the, the players that play at a world class level. Then I don't think we need to worry about it. Fingers crossed. They play a very sort of like, I like to say, Eastern European style of football. It's very route one and it's very defensive. And you see that out Eastern European countries, you're like, for example, as people know, I follow the German women's national team very closely. And the way Bulgaria played against Germany is very similar to how Hungary plays. These Eastern European sides, it's very what I like to call Soviet football, route one in defensive. And that's what I think Hungary will set up like at Hamden, to be honest, which maybe we'll find it hard to wear them down but at the same time, I don't think they'll pose any real attacking threat. Mm, that's what I was thinking. I wouldn't mind if Hungary decided to change their approach personally and go a bit more attacking because you look at our, or my predicted starting 11 who would expect to roughly be playing. With Caroline Muir and Lisa Evans back in the side, for example, established WSL players running at that Hungary defence. It's only going to create chances. And I think the previous problem in the last campaign... As Kenny mentioned, we'd only score one goal and the likes, but I don't think creating chances has never been too much of a problem. It's more just putting that chances in the net, because the amount of games you look at didn't qualify for the Euros in England. Hate mentioning, very disappointing, but if you're going to look at the stats, Aberdeen like to mention the stats, for example, you look at the stats, Scotland created so many chances in that game, but just didn't take them. So it's sometimes being more penetrating in front of goal and taking those chances. And when we've got the likes of Cuthbert, Weir, Evans, we've got Jane Ross and Fingles, and that's only got to benefit the national team having such a plethora of players that can find that net. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you, Robbie. And of course, you forgot to mention my favourite player and then I forgot to mention Claire. You got to say Claire Emsley. She, again, I thought, like, I'd said that, obviously, when we reviewed the Faroe Isles game, I thought the amount of running Claire did was fantastic. And then that goal she scored as well was outstanding. So, yeah, I think we've got a wealth of attacking threat. And like you said, at the top level as well, you know, WSL, you know, you've got players at the top end of the Italian league. You've got players at the top end of the SWPL. So, you know, we've got so many quality players. This is like the best Scotland side in terms of women's football, I think, ever. This is, this is our golden generation, if you like, in my opinion. So... You know, we've got to make the most of that. We've got to make the most of that while we have it because, you know, you'll get players, obviously, we've already had Kim Little retire and you'll get players like um, Emsley and um, we are a few years down the line. They'll be looking at retirement as well. So, you know, we've got to enjoy it and make the most of it whilst we have it. Yeah, 100%. And Kenny, do you think because Scotland are facing Group B powerhouses, Ukraine and Spain in the next international campaign, do you think this makes it even more important 
not just to rack, rack up a good win over Hungary, but maybe to get a few goals as well in case it does come down to goal difference. Oh yeah, 100%. You know, Ukraine and Spain are a couple of powerhouses, so you've, these are the games you've got to win before you go and play the, sort of, the, the, the bigger teams in the, in the competition. So yeah, this is a... It's, I mean, you're talking about a must-win for Hungary. It's a must-win for Scotland as well. And obviously, as many goals as we can get, the better, because the goal difference could come down to it at the end of the day, you never know. Yeah, especially with Spain looking like they've now got let up for their goal scoring so far. Well, I think you just want Spain to... I think it's a bit like the men's group, isn't it? You want Spain to sort of run away with it. And then hopefully we can, you know, we can beat everyone else and then take points off Ukraine and then hopefully get in there in a second spot. As you're talking about Ukraine, it's something I want to say is like, they are a really... Like we talked about them being powerhouses. They are a really good side. I think um, they have a lot of players for that Kharkiv and they played in the Women's Champions League and they, they held PSG really well. And obviously PSG, top quality side. Um, and then the Women's Champions League, Kharkiv, who have got a lot of Ukrainian internationals in their team, held PSG really well. So Ukraine are going to be, I think, the, the one that is going to be the big, tough test for us. Apart, obviously, you're expecting Spain to be that big, tough test, but Ukraine are gonna, is going to be an interesting game um, when we play Ukraine because, you know, they're going to give us a tough time of it, Ukraine, because they've got so many impressive players. Also, for the Russian leagues as well, they've got quite a few players at the Zenit side in the, in the Russian Women's Premier League that are um, really flying right now. And I think a few of the Ukraine players have been instrumental to that Zenit side as well. So I, I'd really look out for Ukraine. For anybody listening, um, do a bit of research on Ukraine and you'll see that, oh, it's Ukraine. Don't think that. Do not think that, because Ukraine are really impressive right now. I can't um, sing their praises enough. I had a look at the group and a bit of the forum and all that before I wrote my notes, and I think that's why I wrote Powerhouses, because I was like, yeah, the Hungary, Faroe Islands, yeah, that's winnable games, but Ukraine is like, from compared to the men's, like playing the Austria, Israel, the type of game that could go either way. It's not set in stone in terms of it'll be a tight one, but it's one that we want to focus on the games currently at hand, but just thought I'd mention that too, which will be in the next, coming up probably before we even know it next month. But let's look at the squad for this double-headed against Hungary, which is in the World Cup qualifying and defending against Sweden. The squad is players like such as Amy Muir, Leah Eddy, Jenna Clark, Lon Davidson, all included. Was there anyone else you thought would maybe be in, Jack? Yeah, I mean, first of all, um, I think putting the green-tinted specs on, well done to Amy Muir and Rachel Boyle. I think very much there. Leah Eddy's a fantastic player. Um, very, very talented young centre half, and she deserves it. And so, and Amy Muir's a very talented player as well. You know, I think she's absolutely. It must be I think with blonde-headed fullbacks at Hibs because she's a bit like Josh Doig to me the way she plays. You know, blonde-headed fullbacks at Hibs, but no, she's. I will say two Hibs players that are again missing: Colette Kavanagh and um, Amy Gallagher. I think they both deserve call-ups. Uh, Colette Kavanagh, especially, obviously, um, the time we're recording this, she's just picked up the SWPL One Player of the Month for September. So. How Colette Kavanagh is in that squad, and especially ever since that Edinburgh derby, which Martinez Losa was at, you know, seeing how Cav played in that derby, he should be calling it up. And Amy Gallagher, solid eight out of ten every week for Hibs. So how she doesn't get in the squad, at least to be on the bench, I don't know. But as a Hibby, I'm really happy to see three Hibs players, and Leah Eddy especially, because she really does deserve it. You know, I, I've, I've said that before, um, just there, but she's a really talented young centre half, and the girl's got a massive future ahead of her. She's a she's a great worker as well. Could Kavanagh not be getting in though? Because I mean, look at the, if you look at the Scotland team, is the midfield not the strongest part of that team? Yeah, 
and that's the thing. I, I think that's that's the thing for Kavanaugh. Unfortunately, like yeah, it's unfortunate because I think she's brilliant. I mean, she's every time I've seen her, she's she's been my player of the match. Put it that way, she's fantastic. It's the position in McGallagher as well. It's such unfortunate, but I know. Amy Gallagher's dad, Kevin, um, I know listens to this podcast, he's been very passionate about this issue, but I agree. You know, Amy Gallagher, like I said, solid 8 out of 10 every week for Hibs, and same with Colette. I mean, and she only scores bangers, and you could use that in a Scotland team, you know what I mean? Just some of the bangers Colette scores, and that's why um, at Hibs, she has picked up the nickname, the ginger Ronaldinho, and deservedly so. She really has, or you look at just at the weekend, scoring the only goal in the game, picks the ball up and unleashes a shot. Always seems to get these shots on target from distance into the top corners and everything. In games, especially in international football, they're a good player to have, even if she wasn't a starter, to come off the bench and produce that bit of magic. I know the step up from SWP at one level to international can be a bit, but we've seen other players such as Lisa Robertson get her first cap and everything under Stuart McLaren in that position, or in midfield. So you just never know. Potential Martinez Loser must be surely looking at players such as Kavanaugh and Gallagher. Was there anyone that you thought, Kenny, that you've watched in Nestor Piala, anyone that you thought maybe should be in a shelf for the Scotland squad? I don't know, because you've got quality players in there already. Do you know what I mean? And like, and you boys are talking, you know, like Caroline Weir, you know, these people, when they, when they do get older, they retire. So there will be time for these players to get in the squad. If that makes sense. But I think about it, I mean, if you look at the forwards, you know, Jane Ross has got to be in that squad, hasn't she? You know, you've got Aaron Cuthbert going to be playing up there. Who are you going to drop for Aaron Cuthbert? I mean, who are you going to, who are you going to drop Aaron Cuthbert for? Yeah, no, exactly. Even with Martha Thomas being injured and out this squad, Lauren Davidson from Glasgow City, she was a late call-up in the last squad. She's now in from the start. This time, Lauren Davidson, I must say, she was tremendous in that game against Rangers on Sunday's Particularly in the first half, I thought she had... Uh, Nicola Dockett, if she's listening to this, maybe might not agree with me, but I thought Lon Davidson had the beating of Nick Dock down that side. And I feel that Rangers fullbacks in that game couldn't do what they usually do best and bomb forward to the marauding runs because Lon, Lon Davidson just chased and chased. And I feel like having someone like that who's still young but will put out shifting and got an eye for a goal... I think she's a good replacement in that position as well. And Jenna Clark being in the squad, can't deny that. After the goal... She's got a debut goal, so she's, you've got to go back. I was looking right there at the last starting line-up. There you go. You've got Jane Ross, Erin Cuthbert, Claire Elmsley and Kirsty Grimshaw. So you're attacking front four. Which one of them are you dropping? That's the big issue. That's the thing. But I think picking up on Lauren Davidson, I really want to talk about because obviously, again, you know she used to play for Hibs and I was really impressed with her. Um, when she played for us, unfortunately, she didn't really get a chance. And for personal reasons, she wanted to move back to a Glasgow team. And she's been so impressive for City. And it's no often I comp- uh, compliment City players because obviously the old rival of City. But um, yeah, Lauren Davidson is a fantastic young player and she deserves it. Because like, I-, I completely agree with what you're saying about the Rangers game. Is She had that Rangers defence really frustrated, which is difficult to do because Rangers are a solid side at the back. And it's something like Alexa Coyle, usually that's her game, but Rangers, Marshall Tarwell, when we played them, and when Hibs played them, it's the same. Like, Lauren Davidson just really had them frustrated, and that's a skill in its own because, I said, Rangers very rarely get frustrated at the back, but Lauren, you could tell, was really giving that Rangers defence a hard time of it. Yeah, and this, this is not me being anti-Rangers anything, but there was some bitty saying about Veldap, there was some bitter challenges 
went in because the Glasgow City forwards, such as Davidson, were pressing them because the Rangers defence, we all know, they don't get no disrespect to the other teams in the league. They don't get put under that sort of pressure. And when you've seen the likes of Lauren Davidson, I must say Jenna Clark for being a centre-back, she was fairly like what you'd see Virgil van Dijk do in the men's, fairly marauding forward with the ball and, and looked comfortable doing that. And I think Scotland as a national team, I quite like that. Matinez Lossa wants to play a bit better football from the back and good football. So having a ball-playing centre-back like Jenna Clark, who could also pick, get a goal from now and then from corners as well, is very good to have. You've got to mention then, just to get, you know, with the blue tinted glasses on, I mean, Nicola Dockett has been absolutely fantastic this, this season. She's been marauding up and doing that, right? So then again, it's great to have attacking, and Rachel McLaughlin at the other side as well. It's great to have two attacking fullbacks for the way Martinez Lopez wants to play. And it can only be good for Scotland moving forward. I know Westrup's um, had a few calls to Scotland. It's just funny being American and declaring for Scotland. But um, I think Westrup, she deserves it. But I completely agree with what you've said there. Um, Ken, even and that's a lot coming for a hippie there, but I definitely agree. Um, and then I was talk- I wanted to say about Jenna Clark, just obviously, um, with- when you're talking about her, she's very reminiscent of a young Leanne Crichton to me, you know, in terms of like how she plays, very reminiscent of a young Leanne Crichton, which is good because I think at times we've missed that Leanne Crichton figure because you know, Leanne, if she wasn't afraid to get on the ball and if she wasn't afraid to get stuck in, that's a bit like Jenna Clark for me. And I think Leanne Crichton was a bit of a miss when she obviously stepped back for international football. Yeah, I have to agree there completely. So overall, looking at that squad, we think there's a right balance between the Thompson talents coming through and experienced heads. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, definitely. What will be interesting though, because obviously, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be Caroline Weir, but Kirsty Grimshaw has been absolutely fantastic in the last couple of games. But is Weir just going to come back in and take her spot? I think she probably will. But I mean, it's a wee, it's a wee shame for for Christy Grimshaw, isn't it? Because she's been absolutely on fire. It is indeed. I'd say so. Anyone's game, I wrote an analysis piece last game, Fado's game, looking at Christy Grimshaw. To start when the first half against Fado's, she looked not rusty, but it was still finding her feet in that position. But second half especially, she was running right and you could really see the type of winger she was. But looking at, answering your question, Kenny, Caroline Weir, she's at the top of her game. You see her on Sky Sports highlights every week for Man City scoring wonderful goals in WSL. So I feel like she's got to, if we want to win the game, she's a player that we've probably got to start because it was a miss having her injured and have to pull out in the last international break. Same as, I guess, Lisa Evans. She's playing really well at West Ham as well this season. I completely agree. I think Caroline Muir, I'm picking up on what Kenny was saying. Of course, Caroline Muir's going to walk right back into the team, especially because she's been so impressive for City recently as well. You know, you, you just don't drop players like that. And I, it is a shame, I agree, but Caroline Muir is Caroline Muir. You, you need her back, and I do agree. She was a bit of a miss in the midfield. I know we're still good in midfield, but she was a bit of a miss. I mean, Caroline Muir's creative influence is only going to bolster us against Hungary. Well, I just think, boys, all this positivity. I mean, Jack, you said it earlier. This is our golden generation. If you listen to this podcast, like we've said, get to Hamden because it's going to be brilliant. We've got, we've got classes in every part of the squad, so it'll definitely be a, a night to remember. Let us know in the comments, do you agree with us? Do you think this is really our golden generation? Can Pedro Martinez be the man to guide us to the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand? What will the world even look like by the time it comes around in 2023? But now, you better... Have a touch upon the glamour friendly, I guess, on Tuesday evening, which is being played at St. Mirren Park. I know Jack previously 
when you was a guest in the podcast, you mentioned just how good Sweden were. Do you want to tell any listeners what your thoughts are ahead of that game and just how big a test that is going to be for Scotland? It's a huge, huge test for Scotland. Um, and I think, you know, the results are relevant in a, friend, in a friendly. I think you go out there, you play, it's about getting experience, especially since if we go to the World Cup, these are the sort of sides that, you know, we'll need to be playing well against if we want to be getting out of groups and everything like that. I think Sweden are just such a fantastic side right now. And um, players I want to pick out, obviously, I watch a lot of Frauen Bundesliga and there's a lot of fantastic Sweden players in the Frauen Bundesliga. But the two players I'd like to pick out in terms of Frauen Bundesliga is um, Hannah Glass and um, Rachel Blumpvist. So Hannah Glass from Bayern Munich and Blumpvist from Wolfsburg. Both of them have had excellent starts to the Frauen Bundesliga campaign. Hannah Glass especially in at fullback. Um, for Bayern, it's going to be interesting to see how we marshal Hannah Glass because Hannah Glass likes to uh, go on marauding runs. We've talked about marauding runs this podcast. Hannah Glass likes to go on marauding runs, and just about everything good Bayern have been doing this season, Hannah Glass has been involved in it. Obviously, that's so they're top of the Frauen Bundesliga table right now and confidently on the way to uh, reclaim the league title. And Blumpfist for Wolfsburg's been deadly on the wing. And of course, I can't talk about Sweden without mentioning Federina Rolfo from. Uh, Barcelona, obviously, she's playing for the European champions and she's been outstanding for Barcelona um, so far in the Spanish League and in the Women's Champions League as well. So Sweden are going to be a big, big test for us. It's not a game by any means I'm expecting us to win. I would love to see us draw, but Sweden are going to provide some interesting challenges for us. And like I said, Hannah Glass is the threat that we need to marshal because people think, oh, she's going to sit in at a full-back position. Don't let that fool you because she might be playing in at a full-back position, but she'll start playing as a wide midfielder and even go as far up as a winger sometimes so she can go all over the flanks and she's not afraid to get on the ball and attack. And she's a very physical player as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how we cope with that. Thing. And like I said, um, Rolfo and uh, Blunkvist are the other players. Also, talking about Spanish-based play, players, Kosovani Asolani from um, Real Madrid had a really impressive World Cup with Sweden. And Kosovani Asolani is another player to look out for. She's been really impressive for Real Madrid. Again, marshalling her. She's not afraid to be, I think, even though she's a forward, I compare her to a player in the men's game, she's a bit like Alfredo Morelos from Rangers, in terms of she's not afraid to get stuck in Kosovani Asolani. So I definitely look out for her as well. So Sweden have got a lot of threat and they're not to be underestimated at all. I think we've got to um, really go into that with a lot of respect for Sweden but just play our game you know like I said I take a draw but it's a friendly the results are relevant it's all about playing these sort of sides getting used to playing them because as I said in a World Cup if we do get there that's who we're going to need to be beating if we want to be competitive and getting into the knockout stages but yeah I just thought I'd mention those players because they've been so impressive and that Sweden side in general joy to watch honestly a joy to watch in the previous international such a great team Sweden Silver at Tokyo, aren't they? And they're, they're, I think they're currently ranked second in the world. So these are the teams, though, that, you, like Jack says, you want to be pitting your wits against. You know, you want to go out there and play the best. And it can only make you a better player. You talk about the younger players in the squad. You know, they're going to get and play against some of the best players in the world. And that's the sort of experience you need at the end of the day. You can only improve from it, can't you? Well, exactly. I mean, you look at that squad, you've got, you know, destined to be Spanish champion in the form of Fredolina Rolfo. You've got Spanish Cup winner um, in previous years, of course, of Ari Asolani. German league winner with Hannah Glass, German Cup winner with Blumpfist. So look at the level those Sweden players are playing at. You want the young Scotland players to be playing against that level of player. Yeah, but we speak about getting fans along to Hamden for this game against Hungary. I'd pitch this and say, if you want to see top quality players and our Scottish women's national team side go up against the world's best players, then get along to St Mirren Park on Tuesday night because 
no matter what the result is, you're going to be seeing, as Jack said, some absolutely top quality players. Sweden beat Friday night's opponents, Hungary, 8-0 when they played at the end of last year. So it just shows the quality they have on their side. And looking at the record since the World Cup in 2019, it is very impressive. Yeah, it is. You know, I think, look at them in the Olympics, as Kenny said, you know, silver medalists, and they ran a very talented Canada side quite close um, in the, the gold medal match as well. So, yeah, they're just a fantastic side. And I know I'm, as a Scotsman, I'm sounding like a bit of a traitor here saying, oh, Sweden are excellent. But they are, honestly, they are, like I said, you know, they've, they've got players are just a joy to watch every time, um, especially Fred Elena Rolfo. I mean, people talk about Miedema all the time, and I think it's deserved, but Rolfo is such an unsung hero of women's football. And also, in terms of a role model, you know, she always has time for the fans. She's, even like other countries, you know, I think it was when Sweden played um, Germany, at the World Cup, she was going over and getting a photo with the Germany fans as well, because all the young girls, because um, she was at Wolfsburg at the time, a lot of young German girls, obviously watching at Wolfsburg, wanted the photo, and she wasn't afraid to do that. So I think she's a great ambassador for the women's game as well, Fedelina Rolfo. Yeah, but do you not just think that is, we're speaking about the whole spectacle and getting people along to women's football, do you not, you lads will agree, you feel a lot more inclusive and they do seem to have a bit more time for the fans and everything, a lot more up close and personal with the women's football compared to the men's. For any listeners who might have never been, I thought about taking their kids to a game. Yeah, I, give, I, I mean, going back to Edinburgh Derby, Easter Road, you know, the players, the Hibs, and the Hearts players, their fans as well, the Hibs players were right over. Now, obviously, I was in hospitality at that game, but um, they were right over to all the young lasses at the front and, um, you know, seen on the Hibs social media all the photos that's what it's all about obviously you know, credit where credit's due and men's players do do that as well like obviously I think it was uh, was it either McTominay or Gilmore threw their shirt into the crowd for that young lad at Hamden after the Israel game so I think you do get in the men's game the women's game it's more personal because I think it's they're grateful for the support and also the supporters are more close-knit you don't get all the toxicness that's come into men's football these days as well I think Women's football is a much nicer atmosphere to go to. And it's all about just enjoying the football and supporting the game, um, which goes back to my previous point earlier on. But yeah, I definitely agree with you. The, the relationship with the fans is a lot better. And um, the, the girls always, no matter what country or team it is, whether it's at the very top with Bayern Munich or Germany or Sweden or England or coming down uh, maybe a country like um, Hungary, they always have time for the fans. And that's what it's all about. I agree with you there. You've noticed that in social media recently with, with your teams in the in the SWPL. A lot of the players, I mean, there's now a Rangers Women's Supporters Club and the fan, you know, the players are over taking pictures of them. And just when you mentioned that derby at Easter Road, I was in tears with the way the players reacted at the end of the game. It was honestly, it was beautiful. Like it was it was so emotional. Do you know what I mean? And just the feeling and but it was though, just the fact that it was a, a sort of record-breaking night and you could just see the joy in everyone's faces. And it was it was it was, it was oh, I tell you, it was beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, as the Sunshine and Leaf played, just looking around at everyone. I don't know if I like that bit, but it was beautiful. <laughs> I, think for, I think for ourselves, like Carrie and I, listeners of this podcast will know, we just got into reporting and with anyone's game. Well, there was no fans in stadiums, so we couldn't get that top of feel of the women's game in Scotland. So to be at Easter Road and see an occasion like that, it was just absolutely fantastic, I'd say. Yes, so everyone, get along to the game on Friday night at Hamden against Hungary because our man Kenny Bogue will be reporting live from there for anyone's game. And then on Tuesday night from Paisley, I will be reporting for anyone's game. So stay tuned for that. But before we round up, 
the big game on Friday night. Love this at anyone's game. We better get your guys' predictions. So no pressure, guys. We'll uh, start with you, Jack. What are you thinking the score is going to be on Friday night against Hungary? I'm going to say Scotland 3, Hungary 0. I'm going to go with my favourite player, Emsley, with a brace. I'm going to say uh, Big Claire's going to be at the double. And I'm going to say uh, we and Cuthbert to score as well. Because that's my prediction. 3 0 Scotland, Emsley, Brace, and Cuthbert. I'm not going to give you the scorers because I'm going, I'm going for it. I think we're going to be all out on Friday night and it'll be 5 0. But I'm looking at, I think Cuthbert will definitely score. And I'm looking at Jane Ross because she's been absolutely on fire. I reckon she'll bang one in as well. Yeah, I, I love the positivity tonight on this podcast. I'm going to end it with my prediction. And I think well, it's Scotland. I don't know if I'll keep a clean sheet, but I think we'll win five, four to five one. I'm going to go five one. I'll keep the five. I think it'll be perfect five for Scotland. And I think Erin Cuthbert has got to be another game where she really gets the fans off the seat and scores at least one, possibly two. Probably spectacular because she's just that type of player. She's one that the crowd will go and see because she's that great. So here's hoping all three predictions are right in terms of a victory and we'll soon see on anyone's game who gets it right. But thank you both to Jack and Kenny for joining me on this edition of Anyone's Game podcast. Be sure to check out Anyone's Game Twitter and social media accounts for up-to-date women's football coverage. And for now, it's a bye from me. It's a bye from me. Bye, guys.